Okay, so we have, we've made a start on the subject of trying to uncover the uh, inner workings of the Yitzhah Hara, that uh, force within us, that uh, masquerades as our friend, or even us ourselves, is very integrated, and uh, sometimes very much undetected. And we just started a little bit last week, um, touching on the ingredient that can be very helpful, as we find in the Mepharshim of Avos, based on the mission of us that strongly encourages us to acquire a good friend. The Rambam points out that the mission did not say befriend other people. It says acquire, even if you have to spend money and other kinds of efforts, it's a critically needed element to have a good friend. And in this area, I think it's quite safe to say that there can be tremendous benefit from having somebody in our life where we could just talk about what's going on in a very comfortable and safe way. Rambam talks about one of the levels of friendship is someone who you could share anything with, anything positive, anything negative, with no fear of any harm coming to you. Now, of course, it's not an easy thing to acquire, uh, not you know, so, uh, so common, I imagine, but to whatever degree we can create that kind of a relationship with someone where we start to become able to share what's going on. Um, we can have an opportunity to sort of discover things even before they become a problem. We're more familiar with the concept that when we have a problem, we should seek out the help of a experienced and uh, caring and uh, otherwise, you know, fully well-equipped uh, older friend or a rebbe, a mentor. But the idea of just becoming familiar with uh, being open and sharing things that are going on, even if we don't necessarily sense a problem, because there could be situations where um, there could be something that is starting to develop that will first discover it through that conversation. Of course, that does not mean that, you know, you have to discuss everything that's going on in our life with somebody, but anything that's like, you know, a little bit not so smooth, it's worth putting it out there because it can help us to even realize ourselves through the conversation. It gives opportunity for somebody to give us some good, honest, and sincere feedback, raise a question. Maybe there's an issue here. Maybe there's something to watch out for. And uh, that could really be very helpful in a preemptive kind of way. How does that sound, everybody says? Does that make sense to you? Does that sound plausible? I'm not talking about is it practical to actually employ it yet, but um, does the idea make sense that it would be really a great benefit to have somebody we can have these kind of conversations with? Okay, <laughs> I'll take that. Now, of course, it goes without saying that situations that another person is involved, we have to have some caution. 
uh, I once asked Rabbi Yashiv, is it okay for um, a person to consult with the Rebbe on how to relate to their parents better? Um, is that a you know adequate basis to um, avoid any problem of Lashnahara? He said a fascinating thing. He said, if it will be beneficial for the for the parents as well, they will also benefit from this advice, which is you know expected to be uh, the case in most situations, then it's okay. Meaning it's not only for your own personal mitzvah observance, but if it would be only for your own self. It might not be warranted to be sharing something negative about somebody else. So we have to be cautious. But the hope is that we could do it in a way where we're not denigrating anybody else in the process. And of course, there are times that it's purely something within ourselves that that opportunity to talk things out could help to discover that maybe there's something going on that started to develop going in the wrong direction. Um, and also in terms of trying to strategize to find a way how to handle it better, try to understand it better. So of course, when we engage in conversation, we ourselves think of things that we don't think of when we're just you know, independently thinking about it. It's an amazing thing. We see the learning, of course, but in many areas, when you engage in conversation, all of a sudden the brain starts working differently. So we can think of a lot of good ideas on our own. And of course, we can often get some good help from somebody that sincerely cares about us, that could help us find uh, hopefully a good path to handle things in life. Okay, this is the first point um, the great value of a good friend and dealing and facing and discussing our life experiences. Uh, of course, it goes without saying, I should add that this has to become like part of our life. If we're only gonna wait until we think we have a problem or when some problem is starting to develop, then there'll be plenty of occasions where it's gonna to be too little too late. Too late. So you want it to become like... Sorry, go ahead. Was there a question? I'm sorry. Give me one second here. Okay. Was there a question? No, okay. Okay, so um, I think it makes sense to say that um, it's the kind of thing that would be very worthwhile to become sort of a familiar kind of behavior as opposed to waiting till we think maybe we have a problem. So this is the first- It like you're describing sort of living life together with somebody else. Right. Right, trying to find somebody where we're like, as opposed to, you know, the, um, the, the, the very well ingrained mindset is a real man is somebody who's independent, who doesn't need any help, who can face all life's challenges, and they got it all together and they don't need anybody. 
And this suggestion is, no, on the contrary, we really need each other. It's much better if we uh, try to do things together. And we should get in that habit of being open and sharing and comfortable and not trying to, you know, put up the best uh, presentation of ourselves with everybody in our life. But, you know, live, live it for real together and it's all going to be okay. We may discover amazing things. Sometimes even somebody sharing about themselves, you would see what's in a person. I've had experience of people sharing with me things that, would, that they only discovered through their own personal experience that were just amazing. Like the depth, the complexity of a person that, you know, <laughs> I, I had never heard things like that before. And it was you know, quite reasonable to believe that uh, what they were saying was accurate and it was, it was unbelievable. So uh, who knows what we might find. Okay. Yeah, Mr. it's not so practical to, to do this. Like, is he, he's very busy. Like, well, when do you have time? Like, two people both have time to listen to each other. <laughs> right, right. Like, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you how you could do it. I'll tell you how you could do it. When, when, when somebody asks you, you know, how are you doing? You say, well, if you really want to know, I'll tell you. <laughs> this is, a, this yeah, is rough. This is rough. This is making me crazy. This is really, or even if it's not so bad, you know, like, well, it's things are pretty okay, but there's some room for improvement. Say, so, yeah, where, where, let me hear. Come on, complain to me, go ahead. We all need somebody to complain to. Let me be the address where you can voice all your complaints, how your life could be better. Okay, like, so we become comfortable with sharing things that could be a very helpful protection against things going in a bad, bad direction. Like when you, when you tell somebody, oh, I'm so exhausted. Well, why are you sleeping? Oh, because you know I got to finish this job and I got to stay up to all hours of the night to finish the job. Well, what happens if you don't finish it? What's going to be? Like, sometimes we put pressure on ourselves that we don't need to. Sometimes there is valid pressure on us and that's okay. We, we try to handle it. Hashem's help. Sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves. Like, um, I'm gonna try to share momentarily. Okay, now comes the real fun part. Now, um, I don't want this to be misunderstood as um, being overly detached, detached, intellectualized, emotional shutdown. Um, when I share something in my own experience in a way that, um, trying to share this uh, as, an, as a, almost like an objective observer, as if I would also be an outsider looking at myself. So if I describe the uh, chain of events in a way that seems uh, very unemotional, please don't misunderstand that to be that, you know, um, I'm not respective, respectful of my own experience or that I couldn't possibly describe it in a way that would give you the feeling of what it was like. But I'm gonna to try to avoid that so that we could just take it as a case in point, like a, uh, an example, a good, a good life example. It happens to be available. I happen to be aware of a good life situation that we could use. And I'm gonna invite you all to be my good friends 
and when I share this, um, working with the uh, sort of mindset that um, I don't really have any great insight into this, but this is what happened. And maybe we could look at it and we could try to figure out what was going on. So I'd like you to take the role of being my good friends, observing as what's happening. Maybe I'm sharing with you. Maybe you can even read my mind so you know my thoughts. And as I'm sharing them, you could be listening to it and making mental notes. And when we're done, I'll let you share with me whatever you, <laughs> whatever you noticed or whatever questions you might have raised to me at that time or would raise to me now looking back at it. And there really is often a lot we can learn from looking back at past experiences that we may have understood a certain way um, at the time. And now looking back, we can see them very differently and maybe learn a lot from them. So here we go. Um, when I was giving a daily shir in Yeshiva Zichanaries some years ago, so about 16 years at this point, um, since that time when that came to its conclusion, um, I was um, sleeping very little, trying to repair at night and going quite late. I was quite, quite a strain. Um, generally speaking, you know, how long would we spend on a sugya? Maybe three weeks or so. I don't know if more than that. <clears throat> and I was attempting to really, you know, come to a really clear understanding of the topic in much less time than had previously taken me when I would be working on something like that on my own. If I was working on a topic on my own, it would normally take me you know, a good few months till I got some clarity. And here in the position of trying to give a daily shear, I was trying to do it in uh, two or three weeks. So I was quite a high end goal that was being set that I was setting for myself. I was quite a strain. In addition to that, I had the, the uh, mindset, the thought process that, I remember this quite clearly, that if Hashem helps us to get pshat, that is a sign that um, he's pleased with us. We are finding favor in Hashem's eyes if we are so fortunate to be blessed with being given understanding of this topic in Gemara that we're trying to gain understanding of. And we can take that as a good affirmation of Hashem's a good um, favor towards us. Because after all, such a great gift to understand the meaning of the Gemara and the Farshim and the Gemara. So to be blessed with that could be taken as a clear indication that Hashem is pleased with us. Okay. And this went on for a good number of years, but eventually it got to a point where it was not being experienced in a good way. It was, it was just like pushing through. It was, it was not really, you know, enjoyable in any way. It was 
completely like a strain. And then eventually got to a point where it was almost impossible. And my feeling was like, I almost can't go on and do this. I'm like, I'm out of it. I, I, I'm out of learning. I had the thought to myself, I really should speak to Rosh Hashiva, but I never did that. Um, pretty soon after, Rabbi Cohen made the decision that um, I should be involved with the fellows that are already outside of Shear, not to be giving a daily Shear anymore. But I didn't experience that as some kind of a relief. That was just a very depressing and very devastating. And it took a while till I came out of that very depressed state. Um, and interestingly, even while um, where time is that it was difficult, I didn't take it as a sign that Hashem is not pleased with us. And that's why he's holding back the exp explanation, understanding of the Gemara. It was just that I just can't do this. So um, that's the story. There was a time initially where it was very, very vigorous and very exciting and very gratifying. There was a lot of accomplishment being experienced, but uh, eventually it got to a point where it was really not good at all. So um, that's the story. And I think that it's, uh, it's an example that can be taken to be looked at and uh, try to be studied and learned from. And again, I'm inviting everybody here to um, sort of be my friend at the time or even now looking back and um, share with me any observation that you have about uh, what was going on in my life at that time. And the best would be to imagine yourself with me on the scene and as my good friend coming over to me and sharing whatever you see might be helpful. If, if no one wants to do it, you know, I'll have to try myself, but it's better if uh, I get to hear from you first. Okay, that completes the second part of tonight's shear. Not a personal experience. Now, Baruch Hashem, I can say this over, you know, and I'm smiling, and, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm trying to make light of it. At the time, it was quite, quite difficult and scary. Not good. But if we can learn from it, then um, we'll be able to take something valuable from it. So it's definitely worth trying to do that. Okay. Is everybody uh, um, satisfied with the clarity of the story? <laughs> okay, one nod or one thumbs up is all I need. <laughs> okay, does anybody want to share with me as, as my good friends who are invited should put aside, please ignore any quote unquote Rebbe status that I have. Okay. <laughs> We're just buddies trying to go through life. Nobody's got it all perfectly worked out. So you're going to help me see where 
something maybe is a little off course. Could I ask a question about that? Sure. What would I mean that there's a frustration with having to get shot in too little time? Like I could oh. be a just a frame of reference for what that's like, but like right, right. Like, well, you, you know, get shot the, like the the well, well, you know, simply speaking, simply speaking, when you're giving shear, so the process is you try to find some questions on the topic, then you try to find answers. You know, the uh, audience is not going to be happy if all we have is questions, then we can't answer any of the questions. So there's definitely, and maybe they're not going to really grow so much unless they have something to really work on that could be a way to address these questions. Not to minimize the value of uh, noticing the good questions on the, on the sugyo, which sometimes are pretty clear, sometimes maybe a little more subtle. But um, the real main part of the job is trying to find a deeper understanding. Now, sometimes that could take a long time to work on topic. It could take many, many hours. But if you are in a sheer situation, so you have a fixed amount of time, people's attention span is not, generally speaking, so expansive to be able to you know, spend months on one topic. And what are they going to be doing in the meantime while you're trying to figure it out? You know? so, uh, at, least, at, least, at least I proceeded that way. That, 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 that may have been a mistake. And you could share with me whatever you think about that. So you're saying yeah, that the person giving sheer is being forced to cram everything into somebody else's way of thinking. Um, no, no, not into their way of thinking, but into a timetable that is not open-ended. There's, there, there's a limit of the amount of time that you have. There's a, there's, a, there's a window of opportunity, so to speak. You know, people can give their attention to a given topic for, let's say, three weeks at a time. So... Now that may have been all wrong, but that was the that was the thinking, that was the mindset. So you know, if you're if you're with me in my mind, you're hearing from me my thoughts, and you have something to share, go for it. Uh, yeah, Rebbe, I, I'm I'm just wondering, uh, you know, if I was with you at that point, you know. Maybe what I would have said three weeks is a good goal, but, but you know, but perhaps you're, you know, you're backing yourself into a corner, you know, maybe allow yourself to realize that it could take longer. Things might not work out perfectly. Okay, very good. Excellent. I agree with that. Anybody else? I, I thought the problem was that you don't have more than three weeks because of the nature of who the audience is. Okay, but um, they, I guess it could be the possibility that maybe we have to work together on this. You could speak to your, speak to your, to your audience, speak to the fellows in this year, and explain to them that you may naturally like to have the sugya go for three weeks, but I don't know if I could get us to that point where we need to go in terms of what I have 
trying to contribute in that amount of time? And could you try to be more flexible? Like I, don't think I, was look, I don't think I was looking for that. I don't think I was thinking in terms of, well, let's try to work this out together between the maybe con conflict of needs, so to speak. It was like, okay, this is the goal. It's an enormous goal. It's a very high-end goal. Let's strive for it. Especially if um, Hashem sends us the pshat, that would be like amazing. <laughs> Can I uh, can I chime in for a sec? Sure. Um, I feel like I would have I would have gone first to uh, like how you're doing as a human being before I would um, like try to figure out the solution, mm -hmm. and I would first try to like empathize with the struggle that you're dealing with, being under all that pressure. And having a family to support, and you know all this stuff going on, and having a lot to do with. I just would. That was not be, right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying I'm just imagining. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, but 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 um, but uh, would would you have sensed from me that I'm under? You think you'd be able to sense from me that I'm under pressure? How would you have known that I'm under pressure? So we're talking again, we're talking as, as like acquaintances, right? As like Oh, good friends. friends. Good friends. It means maybe I would share with you that this is really this is really stressful, but I'm doing it. <laughs> would you have would you have would you have questioned me? Maybe you don't need to for it to be so stressful. Maybe it doesn't need to be that way. Maybe you're putting it on yourself for some reason. See, what I, what I find very interesting is, um, on the one hand, I'm thinking um, if Hashem gives us pshat, we'll get to that soon, but there's this thought, then that shows that Hashem is pleased with us. We're finding favor in his eyes. But at the same time, I'm staying up till two in the morning. Now, Hashem wants to send pshat. It doesn't take him four hours. <laughs> he can send it in a few minutes. So why should you need to kill yourself in uh, putting in the effort to try to understand this and figure it out if at the same time you're conceptualizing in terms of, oh, Hashem is sending us the pshat. Okay, so if Hashem is sending the pshat, what takes him so <laughs> It wouldn't have taken so long if he wants to send it faster. So you don't have to, you know, do superhuman preparation do superhuman effort for Hashem to send it. And these kind of things, you know, it's, it's very intangible. There's no way to calculate like how much working is exactly enough. We don't really have a perfect formula. So if, if, if you're thinking about it in terms of really like this is going to be a gift from Hashem, so then do a uh, sort of, you know, basic good amount of uh, effort, a proper shtatlis, and then let Hashem send the bracha. You don't need to, you don't need to do something super. So. Is, is that a, a real question or is that sarcastic? I mean, it's, not, it's an observation that I'm making in retrospect how it seems to be quite contradictory. 
if somebody would hear those thoughts and see that behavior, they should be able to notice that something does not match here. If you think that you're trying to do it on your own, okay, fine, you know, call a kavod. But at the same time, you're thinking about it in terms of it's being, it's being gifted to you by Hashem. Okay, so then you can relax. <laughs> I think the whole problem is that I need to work an amount or some crazy amount in order for Hashem to say, okay, that's enough. Yeah, like, you know, what is that? So, so I wonder, Barbara said, do you have any, any like simple um, suggestion of what would be the explanation of wanting to do something that is such a tremendous achievement, both in the effort being put in and in the timetable of accomplishing this, that the way you perceive it is, is a fantastic accomplishment. To crack the sugi in three weeks, wow. Never did that before. What I would have um, asked is, is that what do most people do when they're giving a shear and are you placing a higher standard on yourself than most people give to themselves? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question because it's really hard to know. But also there is the X factor that there can be many people that are giving shear that are just like, you know, super brilliant. Not that we believe that brilliance is sufficient to, um, you know, be successful in learning, person has to work and has to have Hashem's help. But, you know, it's very hard to make those kind of comparisons. So uh, maybe, you know, you're, you're trying to do what other people are doing, but you're not supposed to be trying to do that. You're not the same as them. <laughs> Why trying to match people who's you know, IQ is very different. Whose whole style of learning may be very different. So it could be there giving a kind of a shear that's not the kind you're trying to give. And that shear can be given in less time. And the kind that you're trying to give is going to take more time. And it's okay. <laughs> and everybody has to be okay with it. Or it could be that they're not being as intellectually honest. And they're not, uh, you know killing themselves over whether or not they have troop shot and they're just going with it because they have to give a shear. Okay, that could be, yeah, that could be. So, you know, if, uh, if you don't want to do that, then at the same time, you can try to, you know, go by some kind of a uh, arbitrary timetable. You got to let it play out in the way, the way that it naturally does. But the whole, the whole sort of, phenomenon of being under stress is that uh is that a true torah kind of a way of living is that what the Torah wants is, is it supposed to be like what is that stress really all about the assumption could be that it's about the difficulty of the task but the truth of the matter is it may be from something else altogether so the one the, the first red flag that i see is the fact that there's an attempt being made to do something super, grandiose, that cannot but be perceived as some kind of a enormously great achievement. And what's that, what's that coming from? Is that what it's really supposed to be? 
What about this mindset of if uh, Hashem sends us pshat, that's a sign that Hashem is pleased with us. How does that hey, sound hey, to you? Hey, it sounds very unhelpful. <laughs> if, if you would tell me that, what would I say to you? <laughs> it sounds now, if, I, if I succeed in my job, that's a sign that Hashem is really pleased with me. Yeah, what's what's unhealthy? Go ahead. Tell, so tell so the it. opposite. So, so you look at it from the opposite. If Hashem yeah, doesn't yeah. give you Peshat, it means Hashem's mad with you. Oh, of course. It right, does, yeah. doesn't make any, you know, it, it sounds uh, very uh, unhealthy. Well, well, well <laughs> absolutely. But, but can you, can you like, like elaborate on like the fullness, <laughs> the enormity of the, you know, uh, mistakenness yeah. of this kind of mindset? Like, well, I'm, I, I think the mindset. There. It's okay. Don't spare me. No, I, I think the mindset is is that if Hashem doesn't give you Peshat, you're a failure. Oh, okay, that could be right. There could be the aspect that that equals you're not good enough. Hashem, if Hashem doesn't give me, I'm a failure, right? Um, but but even just like just the words of like this will be a proof that we are finding favor in the eyes of Hashem. What does it even mean? To find favor in the eyes of Hashem, meaning Hashem considers us to be tzaddikim gemurim, like like the tzaddikim brings, like the tzaddikim, all they care about is to be finding favor in the eyes of Hashem. Is that where we're holding that? that like, as if do, we do, could know, <laughs> we could take this as a we, sign. Do we, Hashem, to, do, do we have to? Do we have to accomplish big things for us to find favor in the eyes of Hashem? If we find favor in the eyes of Hashem anyway, because because He loves us. Because right, he, okay, that much. Of course, we should have LMI the, the favor of, like, you know, the greatest tzaddikim. Do I know what can I judge? You know, if I'm finding a ship, <laughs> am I a tyras altogether to be a kind of a person who is even concerned about that? <laughs> this has to be like um, some kind of a camouflage for something else, that's for sure. Because the, the the usually just on, on its face is like <laughs> almost you know preposterous, and and besides, even if uh, Hashem sending uh, you know pshat, does that necessarily mean that you're finding favor? There's a concept of Amor Hashem says to Chazal, even when you're leaving my Torah, but keep keep learning the Torah because the light of the Torah could bring you back. So doesn't Hashem help a person who's trying to learn, even if he's at the present um, quite a bit off course, that this can maybe help him to get back? So this cannot be a truth that, you know, we are finding favor in the eyes of Hashem. Maybe Hashem is having compassion on us, giving us some understanding of Torah and hope that that light can help us uh, come back to the truth and start to really be uh, keeping the Torah properly. So... There's no way that it could possibly be a proof, but not that we could know the ways of Hashem or really be in the category of someone who Hashem is pleased with to send him a sign of his of his pleasure. So uh, it would have to be some kind of a like facade of something else that's going on, just being sort of... <laughs> developed in the mind in terms of as a sign of Hashem's pleasure. One second, so are we still playing role of friend or, or can we start playing role of therapist? Where do we, where do we switch over? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's a great question. <laughs>
That's a great question. I'll let you play therapist, Avi. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. By all means. You know, you, that's fine. It's fine. No, I, no, 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 if, no, what happens if your friend is a therapist? You're not going to shut him off. Or you're not going to shut him down. Go for it. I didn't say I had. I just was asking the question. I, I do need oh. to think about it. Okay, please do. Please do. Okay. Um, anything, any, anything else that comes to mind about this, to this whole episode? How about like when it got to a really bad place of like, it got to a place of exhaustion. I was just totally, cannot go on. Would there, would there be any question to raise about that? Yeah. Okay, go does, ahead. Does it, does it make sense that this is what life is supposed to look like? Like, does it make sense? Like, does this what Hashem wants? Like, does this objectively make right. something wrong with the picture? Right, excellent. For sure, Hashem does not want that. Hashem wouldn't want even before that, you know, worst uh, stage, that the whole thing is stressful. Hashem wants us to be even besimcha. The Torah is drachar darachinoyam. The way I'm experiencing it, experiencing it is, is, is stressful and unpleasant and just pushing through, then something by definition is off. And certainly when it gets to like total exhaustion, but along similar lines, I would ask, what is producing that? Why if a person is doing, you know, good, successful learning and teaching, would you get to a point of um, like somehow not being able to go on? And, and and why wouldn't it be taken as a sign that maybe Hashem is not pleased and that we're not doing something quite right? <laughs> that, that thought definitely never arose. Go ahead. Okay, maybe. Yehuda first and then Avi. Go ahead. I was just going to say that like it's a lot harder to ask all these questions at the time because at the time there seems like a lot of good answers. Like, what do you mean? I do need to give a shot. And like, like, I, I I should be able to and like this is this is how shear is given and this is the time frame and like, we're, we're, like yeah like this, this should be something that should be able to be done and these are the expectations and there's people relying on me and like why why can't I and like we're, we're, they seem at the time like good questions like well what do you mean something wrong with this picture well I should be able to fix it like, yeah, there is something wrong with it, and it's my fault. And, like, I need to figure out a way to, like, yeah, if I would work harder, then it wouldn't be so hard. Or, I don't know, like, something like that. Like, right, so so if you're, if, you're, if you're an objective friend, what's, what's, somebody's got a mute. You're getting background noise? Okay. So if, if you're an objective friend, you might be able to point out, but it doesn't look like... Is anything that you're doing wrong? You are, you know, putting in good efforts. You're doing pretty much the best you could, maybe more than what you could. Maybe you're doing too much, but you're surely not doing too little. So, what? Where, where's the real place that's making it somehow not work? Maybe it's just something only internal. Because on the external, you know, the 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 technical ability is there. You didn't like suddenly lose your skill of learning. 
are trying. So somebody's not going. Maybe there's something that is, you know, throwing it off course. Right. So those are all things that are much right. more easily seen by somebody else than by yourself. Right. So that's why exactly the person himself is, you know, all caught in this. And not, not if, if I would have even had the the concept of trying to like step back and look at myself as an outsider, I would have even had that idea. Maybe I heard the idea, but it wasn't familiar enough. It wasn't ever practiced. It wasn't like well known enough able to try to do that. So then um, maybe I could have noticed some things. Certainly if I was trying to be alert on an ongoing basis, like once we know the HR is constantly lurking, it really behooves us. And it's worth experimenting with this. I wonder what might happen if we try to stay aware, we try to stay alert. I mean, you know, we can't give that our entire attention all day long to just search for the Sahara. But if we try to keep our finger on the pulse on an ongoing basis, knowing that he's he's not stopping his effort, you know, he's at work continu continuously. If we try to be watching, and maybe we could start to notice things as they're beginning to develop and be able to ask ourselves the questions. But certainly if we miss something and we go down, you know, not such a good road, that somebody who is on the outside could be more objective, could be very helpful. And just the talking it out also, I think, would help very much. Because then we start to realize, oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe this is not exactly what I thought it was or is. Right. Sometimes there's a lot of trust of somebody else because, like, if you really believe that what, I mean, like, Hagufa, like, if it really doesn't make sense and you're still doing it, then obviously there is a reason that you really do believe it makes sense. So, somebody else is telling you that, no, this doesn't look right, you're going to say, well, no, so that just means that you don't understand it. Like, no, no, if you really saw how important that what, like, like to actually trust somebody else's, like, yeah, if you yourself sense there's something wrong, then to hear from somebody else, like, if you're talking, asking, like, what do you, like, what do you think? What do you want to hear? But like, like, sometimes it's like somebody else pointing it out to you is just going to mean like, no, no, no. So that's just, just the Raya that, that, if you understood it the way I understood it, then then you would agree with me. Like to trust somebody else to that extent sometimes is like right. I'm not thinking in terms of really really trusting. It's more like that they raise the question. Sometimes a question is even more powerful than um, a real convincing opinion. It's just like you know something doesn't seem quite right. Could it be? that <laughs> could it be you're trying to do too much here could it be that you don't even need to do this <laughs> could it be Hashem could send the shot a little quicker <laughs> or whenever he sees fit and you know you don't have to give orders to him by what time he has to send it <laughs> whether you know sooner or later So if, if we were going to try to identify what might have been at play, does anybody have a good theory of what was really going on here? 
that was driving all of that, all that desire to see it as Hashem is giving his approval, all that drive for a very extremely great accomplishment. What could that possibly really be all about? Of course, quite well hidden from the person that was me. So I have a theory, but I'll let anybody take a shot if you'd like. Not gonna be anything so, you know, novel you never heard of. <laughs> totally Maybe. Heard of many times. Wow, we were supposed to go back to you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, maybe it has something to do with like. Uh, is there? Am I echoing? No, no, no. I think you're okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Um, I mean, to me, what comes up is like a kid wanting to feel like his father thinks of him as special. So hmm. okay. something in that thing of like, you know. And there are so many different levels to that. So something in the realm of like getting this, winning the favor of um, father, or let's say in the mushal, a king, I don't know, whatever. I think father feels more like, like realistic. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the little things that could be subconscious that people will do to want to feel that validation, to want to feel that love, to want to feel, you know, connected on a deeper level. So the things they'll do, you know, to make that person happy, or at so, least they so, think they're doing so something who, to make them happy. So who was the father in, in, in my situation? I was the kid. Who was the father? I guess Hashem, Shalom Tosfos, uh, you know the uh -huh, uh -huh, I hear, the of Hashem. Uh, I hear, like, maybe I was really, like, trying to gain the approval of Hashem in a similar way of, like, a child wants approval of his father. Now, I wish I would have a, a level of a recognition of Hashem such that, <laughs> that that could be my real heart's desire. We should all strive for that, of course. But, but, of course, we should realize that we don't need to do anything grandiose to gain the approval of Hashem. Hashem has infinite love for us from the get-go. So I have a little bit of a different theory, but uh, I'll still let anybody else take a shot first, if they would like. No pressure. <laughs> sounds like you want us, it sounds like you want us to say that there is some level of, of gaiva, perhaps, in the motivations. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But I disagree with that conclusion. Wow. That's, the <laughs> to go. that's interesting thought. Um, in a way, it may have like an appearance of Gaiva, but uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, suggest that on my own. Um, because it wasn't being experienced like, you know, with that kind of a feeling like, here I am, look what I could do. It was like, I'm striving to accomplish something super great, and like, like, like listen to the listen to the words, listen to the trying to accomplish something so great, such that it even will be 
a sign of Hashem's favor. Like what, what could it be that I want to get a sign of Hashem's favor? I want to do something so difficult. I want to accomplish something so phenomenal. I want to climb Mount Everest and then, then meet Hashem on top and thank him for helping me up. <laughs> and knowing that he is blessing me by helping me reach the top of Mount Everest. What is that really trying to give? So the, 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 my like personal frame of reference for that sort of like thing, like is like I like I needed it's setting like an expectation. It's not even setting expectation. It's just there is just the reality of an expectation of me that is just unquestionably what I need to do in order to be good enough. And like if if I fall short of that, then it's just, like it's not even like I don't even get to the point where I ask the question of does it make sense? Because this is just like the way that I see the world. Like this is what I need to do to be good enough. Like I need to be able to do this or I need to be this type of person or I need to be one of these types of people and like this is just like it's just a reality it's a fact of life and if if like for me like that's my frame of reference of like this sort of mindset is like like uh, of course I have to be able to what do you mean is it unreasonable like obviously not because this is what life is in, in a similar vein um I could I, I couldn't understand it as like some fantastic accomplishments will be able to be taken as a proof that I'm good enough. By the very accomplishment, this will like establish to myself a feeling of, of worthiness, a feeling of being good enough, a feeling of greatness that will come through that accomplishment with a tending you know, sign of approval from Hashem that can come along with it. What can be better than that? So it will all be brought on board to be a way of convincing myself that I am good, that I am great. I can, I can feel my greatness through this accomplishment. And of course, since that is not the source and the reality of a person's true worth and greatness, it doesn't work. So the more that it keeps on having to be done, to achieve that, uh, the end goal is never accomplished. So eventually, it could get to the point where it's just exhausting. So this is this is being done over and over again, and still never achieved, and never never. It's all it's all very deep inside, but in that deep place, that sense of of security and, and conviction. And proof to oneself that, yeah, I'm good from doing this is not happening because that is not the true value of a person. So I'm not in touch with my true value. I'm taking trying to take some kind of substitute. The substitute doesn't work. And um, eventually it just becomes unbearable. And then, it, then it's vital conceptualized as, oh, I'm not good enough to be able to do this. I'm not able to do this job. I cannot accomplish this task. I am not fully equipped for it. 
or somehow I'm just out of it. I just I can't do this. But really, it's only because I'm emotionally exhausted from the attempt to try to establish, unbeknownst to myself, <laughs> self-worth through this great accomplishment, which is not able to provide it. Right, it's also confusing because not like Taka sometimes person is able to do that and a person is able to work hard enough to meet the what he thinks is like this is what i need to be doing and this is the bar of of what makes me worthy and this is what makes me like just an equal or this this is what makes me deserving and and like and when you are able to do it so taka it's like yeah okay Baruch Hashem, i was able to fine i am okay now let's now, now let's try again like, oh, but, I, but I would suggest that even when it's working, it's not being recognized as, oh, this is convincing myself that I am worthy, I'm good enough. Oh, it will be it will be perceived with the assumption that that good feeling is coming from the good involvement in learning and the good accomplishment in learning and the good giving to the Talmudim will all be mistaken as something of a spiritual nature. But really, the, the real that's coming is from that imaginary of affirmation of my own self-worth. And probably a, um, so a telltale sign of it would be how much is my thinking about myself and how much is my thinking unrelated to myself. My thought was only about trying to help the Talmudim, try to give them a good shear try to understand the Torah. Then my thoughts would be about the Talmudim. What do they need? How can we help them? My thoughts would be just about the learning. Okay, what is Rashi saying? What is Taisa saying? <laughs> I'll think about Hashem and his chesed, the beauty of his Torah. Then there wouldn't have been any thoughts about myself. Can I do this? Am I doing this? Is Hashem pleased with me? But if there are thoughts about me, then that itself could be a little bit of a, um, I don't say a red flag or, you know, a, a real wake up call that um, the focus is in the wrong place. And that could be, you know, very powerful, very deep and very and taking things in that a good direction. So if a good friend would say to me, you need to get a little more sleep that might not be adequate. <laughs> you have to say, why do you really think that you need to stay up till two in the morning? What is it really all about? What is this really doing for you? Oh, could it be? Wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> Maybe it could be. Okay, let's experiment. Let's see what happens if you <laughs> try something else. How are you gonna feel? How about if you, take the position that you don't need this. And that would also be a good part of the discussion. Why do you, why do you think you might need to prove to yourself that, you know, you can be such a good magachir? That I can have a feeling of self-chashivas that, oh, I can give this good shear. Is that, is that where you want your chashivas to come from? From your success in some endeavor? Or do you want your recognition of your hashivas to come from your true essence. 
Mm. True essence, what's that? <laughs> that would have been quite a discovery. I mean, there's something about me innately that doesn't need any good behavior, any good accomplishment to be able to sense that cheshivas in a very good way. And he would say to me, uh-huh, that's right. Well, how do you know that? Oh, you know, you know how I know that. You know just as well as I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, Taka. I know all those Hazal too. But somehow they sort of, you know, got forgotten. It didn't really become integrated yet. Okay, well, here's your big chance. Don't expect it to, you know, go super quick. It may take a little while. But don't feed into the other approach. Don't feed into the opposite. But what's going to be with the Talmidim? Everything will be fine. Hashem will take care of it. He does not need anybody's superhuman help. Okay. I had a suggestion from a friend. Like it has to come from somebody that you know respects what you're trying to accomplish and is respectful of what your mindset is. Because otherwise it's just there's Stam just being methodical you all together. It's like, no, you just don't get it. Like, no, you just don't know how to, you, you, like, no, you don't really have chatter. Like, you don't really appreciate what I appreciate. Like, you're just, you just Stam don't get the whole thing. Like, like when a Rebbe is giving, like, pointing out a mistake in Talmud or a friend is to another friend, like, it has to be done in a way that done in a way it has to be that you actually respect the other person even though you think that they're mistaken you have to actually respect the mistake that they're making because otherwise they're never going to listen because it's just no you just don't get it like right right but but again i i, I would hope that a, that a truly sincere caring person even if they are not so familiar yet with what you're going through that they could hear it, they could try to learn about it, they could try to understand it, and they could have respect for it through what you're sharing with them as best they could, and then still be able to, you know, help to explore a little bit and question a little bit and probe a little bit. No, but but how are you experiencing it? How are you feeling about it? How are you? Oh, it's thrilling. Thrilling. Thrilling could be, you know, from a lot of a lot of places. Is it ever just plain, calm, and pleasant? Hmm, not too much. <laughs> it's always a high. I'm always trying to be on a high. The adrenaline, the adrenaline is pumping. Oh, okay, that's very that's a powerful addiction. There's no surprise that, you know, you'd want to engage in that. <laughs> the dopamine is firing, you know, on all cylinders. But is that really what the Torah is about? You know, is that what really what, what, what the life of a Torah Jew is meant to be? This person might not be so, so well-versed yet, but they can still wonder, does the Torah want you to be living on adrenaline? So I come to think of it, no, it's supposed to be pleasant. This doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I think uh, I think this is a good exercise. 